Welcome to Opinion Havers, a movie podcast for gearheads. I'm Cody. And I'm Tyler. Tyler, what did we watch? We watched Borat 2. No. I mean, <laughs> no, that's wrong. We watched Borat's subsequent movie <laughs> film. Oh, watched. you mean The Conversation. The Conversation, which is, yeah, that's the original movie that Borat spun off of. Exactly. Oh, Tyler, it's Cody's Corner here today, which is everyone's favorite week. These are the episodes that get downloaded the least. <laughs> Anyone's wondering the stats? I would say it's a solid 30% fewer downloads on my movies versus all the other ones we do. You're very welcome. This is the loyal few people who forgot they subscribed to this podcast that are downloading these, and I appreciate you. Tyler, dare you take a stab at explaining what this movie is? Would you give us a synopsis? Do you want want a real explanation or, you know? Tyler, no one's one's listening to these, all right? So it doesn't matter. Whatever you feel is best for you. So it, what it is is it's a it's a, a journalist from Kazakhstan Stop. travels <laughs> no. to America. <laughs> and then he he breaks into he meets a man that is is part of the surveillance uh, community, right? Where they're listening in on people's conversations. Uh, and then they're yeah. like, I don't want to get listened to. And they're listening to other people. Uh, and then they go to, con- yeah. I mean, it. it's about surveillance. <laughs> That's what the movie's about. about. A, a paranoid surveillance man. Let me tell you, I learned a lot. I learned a lot from this movie. I learned a lot from the trivia about this movie. I had flashbacks to things I learned back when I was in uh, taking video class in high school when you decided were to talk a, about it a surveillance person but when i was still a young sur- surveiller yeah you like to surveil. i'm gonna tell you i do i've been known to surveil tyler let me tell you first impressions i enjoyed it i did like the movie i really i thought the crescendo at the end was great i liked it this movie is very well reviewed it's francis ford coppola and uh, I liked it. What did you think of it? I think Nick Cage's uncle did a great job. I I, I liked it more than I thought it would because usually with these uh, with these old movies, as we've found out recently, we've both mm. burned each other on them. We've both been like, "Oh, these are garbage. They're not good." Yeah. Um, there's a lot of like, this was supposed to be funny, or this was supposed to be scary, and it's not. But this one, I thought, I thought it was actually good, and it holds up. And that just shows the power in the Cage family. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is, look, you can see why Nicolas Cage draws so much power out of his out of the Coppola family. Is it his uncle? I, I can't remember. Yeah, it's okay. his uncle, yeah. Wow, well, you know, I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad well, I liked it. I'm glad was, we liked it. All the stats I have pulled up are still at Borat. <laughs> I need to actually go to the conversation now. <laughs> we can do a two for one if you want. Yeah. 
a I review within a review. We, we can't pop we it off. We can't deprive the people of a full review of Borat's subsequent Borat movie film. Subsequent movie film, yeah. All right. That's fair. I respect it. Let's I'm talk, ready to get into it if you are. Oh. Let's talk about the website, the non-for-profit <clears throat> media outlet publishing news stories called The Conversation. That uh, Nope. I don't want that. They Aren't they like a super right-wing people? If you're putting out material, it's not... That's like if we... Look, you and I are having a conversation, but someone else listening to this does not count as a conversation. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I wrote a newspaper, I can't call it the conversation because I'm just putting out information. It's not a two-way thing. We're not conversing. It's like a surveillance guy, you know? It's like, hey, you can listen in on conversation. It doesn't mean you're part of it. Yeah. Yes, the conversation is right-wing, I think. Maybe. Or the you know, far, what I've always said, far right I've always said this. <laughs> I don't know. It takes two wings to make a plane. You know? <laughs> I've always said that. If you had a right wing and no left wing, what are you going to do? You're going to just spin on down. Crash and burn. Mm. Right? You're right. As I believe that was George Washington that said, what we need is a two-party political system. You need the right exactly. and the left wing. That's how you fly yeah. a plane. Most famous George Washington exactly. quote. Yeah. Priority number one, let's establish two parties. Priority number two, all issues must fall under those two parties, one or the other. Yes. Priority number three, you're good to go. You don't need any more priorities. You can just, you can converse yourself to death. You can bicker till the end of time. Yeah. It's a perfect system. You can't, couldn't be better. No other country has made another system. Not like anyone else has any other systems out there that work. No way. No nope. way, Jose. None of them work. What were you about you to You got two options. <laughs> you have two parties that hate each other, or you have a, a, a despotic uh, dictator, ruler. Those are it, you know? Yeah. Pick your poison. Yep. Anyway, do you want to uh, do you want to do the thing? Do the thing, do the well, I think it's early. We're not supposed to do the thing till the end. Um, you know. Do you want to take us on down to Oh, oh spoiler tactic. Oh, Cody, get on my moped in a in a warehouse. Get on my moped. <laughs> my warehouse moped. Yes. And let's <laughs> drive on over to the other side of the room, aka Spoiler Town, other side of the room, USA. Tyler, do you want the honor? Do you want the honor of ranting first about this movie? Cody, I want you to go first. I feel like I've gone first the last few, Ooh. and I want you to star us off this time. All right. All right, then I'm ready to go. All right. I'm going to okay. pop it off. You shut your face. Hey, I see your mouth. It's slightly open. I don't like any of that. Put that tongue away. Put it away. Close them lips. Okay, I can't see your mouth anymore, so it's fine. Tyler, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something right now. I learned I learned so much about filmmaking watching this movie. Number one, prop. You know, you talk about the prop department. You got a prop, a good prop, but it stands for property. All right, I, I learned that by watching the credits of this movie at the start. It was like property master. I was like, oh my goodness, that's what that means. I had no idea. Not not blow your mind that a prop just means property. It's dorky theater film speak. It makes me mad. I hate that I didn't know that. All right. Number two. This man got triple locks on his doors. Not only does he have triple locks on his doors, didn't even work. 
<laughs> when is building anyway <laughs> something love that you got three locks on there and somehow someone got a key to all of them it's great i love that this is the best part of this movie all right the triple locks gotta love it we we're out here you know what sometimes we get into we get into some of these cody movies and, and we're out here watching people making movies about making movies and that's a fine premise but what we need more of is movies about audio editing. Am I right? Like, there's not enough film of just people mixing reels, you know, listening to things, mixing it. I loved, I was like, yeah, that's what's up. I just want to watch someone edit something on audio. So good. What a great premise for a film. <laughs> okay. Here's what I love about this guy. He's a man. He's top of the line. He's one of the best surveillance guys in the biz, all right? He's legendary. Does not own a home telephone. Actually, I think technically he does, but he doesn't give out the number, so it's like a secret, right? He doesn't give out a home phone number. He's got some weird emergency line no one has. So he makes all his calls from a payphone. He went to make a call on a payphone, and literally, he'd been in the phone booth for about four seconds, and a guy's like tapping on the window like, hey, you're taking too long. I'll, it made me so happy. I was like, dude... What are you even doing? You, do you understand how phone calls work? This man hasn't even dialed a number yet. He's like, hey, man, you, you got to get out of here. You're taking too long. That man, let me tell you, I had someone pass me today. I was driving in a car, like you do, how most people drive. And a truck, I was going five over the speed limit on like just like a small side road, okay? This truck hauls into the suicide lane, passes me, flings a bunch of dirt. My windows were down, went in the car. I was so mad. I was like, why did this dude just pass me on this road? I caught up to him by the next stop sign, going the same speed I was. I was like, why are you even speeding? Then he went ahead of me, and they every, like, five seconds, they tapped on their brakes for no reason. I don't know what they were doing. Caught up to him again at the next stoplight. Pulled up right next to him just to be like, I'm here too, thank you. What are people even doing? If someone has to make a phone call, they have 30 seconds before you can get impatient. I would even say a minute, all right? This is San Francisco. It's not New York. It's not London. It's not L.A., all right? San Francisco is the, you know, it's the potheads capital, you know? This is, it's chill. It's chill vibes. Oh, man, this, you know what? You know you're living the fine life when you're drinking wine out of just like a glass, like a regular glass you would put water or juice in. I love it. I was like, that's the classy move right there. You know it doesn't matter. You don't need a stem. It just makes your wine look like there's more than it is, you know? We just need... We need more people to just drink alcohol out of a juice glass. That's what I'm saying. That's the move. That's the real That's the real move, okay? This man is off the grid, and that's what I learned is that I want to be – look, I know I'm putting out a podcast right now. I think we should just get off the grid. You know what? Let's do this on, like, some sort of secure line. We don't have to put it out, you know? That's what we need. This guy is off the grid. I admire that, okay? He's paranoid. He's off the grid. He's doing it right. Okay? The mime? Remember the mime in this movie? He looked, I think Kiss stole his look. You know the band Kiss? They got the white. This mime looked exactly like that. He could have walked on stage with Kiss and I would not have questioned a thing and just done this mime thing. Whatever happened to mimes, you know? We had a mime perform for us at uh, in middle school. I didn't even know what that was about. I don't know why he was there. He was pretty good, though. You know what's crazy? I saw him two different times. He showed up at two different functions that I was at separately. One was at a camp. One was at a school. 
I don't understand what happened, but he was there twice. I've seen this man two different times. He was a mime. He was pretty good. He's pretty good at it. Whatever happened to mimes, you know? What happened to him? Fredo's in this movie. You guys seen The Godfather? Fredo's in The Godfather? Fredo's oh, in this movie. Cody, we need no, more no, movies with Fred. I will not be silenced. Cody, I'm silencing you right now. To say. Get silenced. All right, fine. Fine. All right. <clears throat> Cody, get silence yourself. I'm doing this now. All right, hold on. I was not prepared. I got to pull up my notes. Let me tell you about this while I pulled up my notes. You know, everybody out here talking about San Francisco. You're talking about San Francisco. Cody, I turned down jobs in San Francisco, L.A., San Diego, all throughout California because I was like, I don't live in California. Too expensive. People tapping on the glass when you're trying to make a phone call on the payphone. I ain't about that life. You know what I'm going to do instead? Move to Boston, a place that's just as expensive, but the people are meaner. All right, so that's a life lesson for you somehow. I don't know. Learn from me, people. All right. You called it out. I thought you wouldn't, but now I'm calling it out. The mime? I hate mimes. If you're a mime, you're a bad person. That's the end of the thing. All right. You're a bad. Your goal in life is to make people uncomfortable and hate you and you succeed. And that's all there is to it. All right. Don't be a mime. All right. If you're a mime, just here's my advice to you. Uh, don't look at me. Don't don't do it. Don't walk towards. If you are somebody that the second you stand next to him, they walk away. You need to rethink what you're doing, all right? There's a guy, his little assistant dude. They got they got their little mirror van. These girls come up to do their makeup, and he's snapping pictures of him. I think you need to rethink your business relationship with this man. This is, seems like a uh, like you're asking for trouble, all right? This is like even back then, it's like, look, man, it's the '70s. You can get away with anything, but you're pushing it, all right? You are pushing the limits to what we could get away with as a business all right i liked their sign okay their sign in the warehouse perfectly the light covered up the nose so it looked like a smoking sign so they set up giant you have smoking only smoking in this area and i loved it all right here's the thing about this movie cody is fine you know it's whatever what's real about it though cody is the smoking sign no but you're right. It is funny. Like he puts these, uh, puts all these locks. Tries so hard to like make sure nobody knows. Even his girlfriend's like, I don't know anything about you. You know. <laughs> he shows up and his overbearing landlady is like, oh, I left you something for your birthday, and he's like, I never told you. I told you no one else was supposed to have a key, not even you. And so it's like, well, now my mail's getting delivered somewhere else because obviously that's you've been going through my mail, and you got in. When he's like, what about the alarm? What about all these locks? How did you get in here? It. I liked the ramp up of this movie, Cody. But, you know, it's like, there's a lot to it. There's a lot going on. There's a lot of changing tones. There's a lot of, like, moments where it's like, oh, well, the party is shut down now. Because this guy brought up this thing that's uncomfortable. And then everybody, this one dude walks off screen and comes back. Everything's fine again. It never happened. We're moving on, all right? Now we're dancing. Now I'm mad at you. Now we're not mad at you. Now we're mad at you again. Now we're dancing again. Now we're making out. Now there's they do the 70s thing where there's just a fully nude lady in a slight shadow like, like old James Bonds. And they're like, yeah, this is a PG movie. She's in shadow. You can't see her fully lit body because she's in a shadowy area, Cody. 
I looked at my wife. She looked at me, and she went, "Oh," <laughs> I was like, "Yep." <laughs> so uh, James is like old James Bond right here, you know. And uh, we loved it, Cody. Is the return of the shadow nip, but uh, is more than the shadow nip, you know. This man gets so much attention from the ladies. He is a fat forties balding man, and he is the king of the surveillance industry. He's basically king of the creeps, a creepy king of the creeps. And all the ladies are like, "Oh my gosh, you're so!" And it's like, "Look, no." All right, right. This he's bald, and he's creepy, and he's beating off these. Li- so this is what I'm learning. I was doing it wrong all these years. All the years I was trying to attract the ladies, I'm like, look, I was trying to clean myself up, look nice, go out to where they were. What I needed to be doing was go out to these like stalker conventions like shave a big bald patch on top of my head comb it over that's how you attract the ladies cody that's how you they then they want you right then they they'll stalk you because it's the chase it's like how can i stalk a guy that is a professional stalker right that's the It is, it's weird cody it's is it weird is it just me that it's like they're like at a convention for surveillance people and they're like, look at all these cool things. Look at all these uh, these industry oh, Tyler. breakthroughs. Tyler, I'm gonna I'm gonna just cut you off right there because I and I need to rewind ten seconds because what? it's time to have a full discussion about surveillance groupies. And you know, look, there's any there's all kinds of groupies in the world. We got we got political groupies, we got concert groupies, podcast groupies. Of course, we know those very well. Mm. Surveillance groupies, perhaps the worst of them all, the most infamous, all right? They're thirsty, and you know what? You, you're right, okay? You gotta look a little creepy, you gotta be in a weird profession, but most importantly, and this is perhaps the greatest move we can learn from Gene Hackman in this movie, you gotta say nothing all the time, you know? Be an absolute closed book. You gotta be like a walnut, and it's like, and they just want to crack you open. All right, that's his biggest power. He shows up, and he's like, "Hey," and she's like, "I don't know anything about you," and he's like, Pff. and she's like, "Oh, awesome." You know what I'm saying? And it's the same with the other lady. These surveillance groupies are out to—they'll get you. All right, she robbed this man. All right, she straight up robbed him. Okay. That's what happens. That's what happens when you get involved with the groupies. He's got game. He's one of those people. He's got. He doesn't even want the game, but it, he's got. What do they call it in the Seinfeld? They call it the Kavorka. You know, it's the the lure of the beast, where it's just like, hey, can't help it. It just is what it is. You know what? They're just attracted to me. And when you're the top surveillance man in the country with a creepy raincoat and a bad mustache, that's just that's the the hand you're dealt. Yeah. All right. Let me stop. Let's talk about his coat for a second. All right. It was just see through enough that I was like, I hate this. All right. I hate well, this. It it was a it was a major choice because they were like, all right, you've got to look a little bit more desperate and depressing and out of place than you do. He's like, I have a great idea. Mustache raincoat. And they were like, you you overdid it, but good for you for committing. <laughs> and he went with that look for the whole movie. Absolutely worked. Yeah, like it was fine. King of the coat. And then there were certain scenes like where he's walking away where I was like, can you see through that raincoat? And it just made me uncomfortable. <laughs> like I was like, oh, no, I hate that. 
I hate that I can oh, yeah. see your legs. No, you gotta from tease the them. You gotta tease them to please them. You know what I'm saying? You gotta give them just enough where it's like, oh, that's just a coat. And like, oh, or is it? Oh, what's underneath? I can kind of see what's underneath the coat. It's khakis, definitely. It's khakis. But now, you know what? You just upped the ante on your khakis. Uh, when he okay so when that one guy comes up to him and he's like oh that's a nice suit oh that guy's french and then they walk out and you see it in the light and it's just i was like that was a nice suit in the 70s for sure and i was just like oh okay i don't know if i'd compliment somebody on that suit nowadays but then it was like one of those things where it's like this is this is the 70s cody the 70s were a different time a better time probably not but a different time this is true. Um, let me tell you. The lady, I forget her name. The lady who was at the show, the Green Jet, the main surveillance groupie. She got scary legs. Am I wrong? Like, they are, I was terrified of them. There comes uh, a point where legs get too small where I'm like, it's chicken. I can't do it. I've got to run away. It's like a bird thing. I think I've got a thing about birds. And I think the skinny legs bring it out in me. I'm like, you, okay, this is this is danger territory. About you're to get too packed. attracted to them, is what you're saying. Exactly. Yeah. Oh yeah. It uh, uh, you know, it brings out some sort of an animal bird instinct in me, and I'm like, this is not a safe place to be. All right. An animal bird. Some Kavorka action action happening. Uh, okay. My other favorite minor character in this movie, by a mile, Elton John bouncer. All right. This is towards the back half of the movie. Where he's like going to confront the director guy, <laughs> and the, one of the security guards is like, "No, you can't go up there." But he's like got blonde hair and like, like fancy sunglasses. I'm like, "You're Elton John. You look just like Elton John, but like six inches taller and a bouncer." He was strapped. He had a piece in his pants and everything. So he's like security guard plus Elton John made me real happy. Not oh, yeah. gonna lie. I like when they I like how they picked him up and they're like going to carry him out like they're gonna throw him out and then he just kinda like goes limp and they're like Oh, okay, <laughs> we're done. And then they all just kinda awkwardly stand well, up for a made, second. He made he made a face like he was trying to squirm, but he didn't. He just went dead. Like he's so he's like he's like strained face, but then just like limp body. I was like, wait, are you are he's, you trying hold on. Yeah, it's like when you're when you're trying to like wrangle a child and they just go dead limp like that's what his strategy was and i was like i don't this they can lift you man like i don't think this is gonna You're, work the way you, you want it no to. feet or hands on the ground you don't there's no leverage working in your favor right now ah oh, it's great uh i had a well i love the twist in this movie i really liked it right so the whole thing of the movie is here's he gets paid a bunch of money to surveil this conversation and he has to like put multiple mics around to capture it and then mix all the reels and put them together. But he gets kind of obsessed with it, right? And then he's all paranoid. And then he's like, well, what if these people get killed? Because they were worried. They're like, you'd kill us if you had the chance. And it's like, oh, no. I don't want people to die because that happened to me another time where I surveilled some people led to their death. So he's, fe- he's feeling all these guilt and these emotions. He falls into the hotel, listens in, and there's like a person that gets attacked. And he's like, oh, no, I did it again, right? So it's a whole thing. Yeah, I love the twist at the end where it's like, oh wait, it wasn't that the guy was gonna kill them. This was a really complicated plot for them to kill the director. Yeah, I thought that was a great twist. I loved it, and I liked 
the momentum and the build up to that. That's what I thought like the real strong suit of the movie was. Like it was an interesting character, but him getting obsessed with it and then it ended up being this like twist scenario. I thought that was awesome. It's great. Yeah. I also, I thought it was interesting, like, you know, how they started. It almost like looks like, um, when it like shows the guys with the mics, like that are, they look like, they look like snipers on the roof. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so you're like, Oh, they're going to kill this people. And it's like, oh, no, they're just listening to him. Oh, wait, no, oh, this dude, this director is definitely going to kill him. You know, just like the, like you said, like how it, 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 like, kicks it off with that. And then the reveal that he had done this, like, seemingly impossible surveillance job and um, three people had been murdered because of what he had uncovered or, like, the tapes that he had given. And so he's so mm-hmm. terrified of that happening again. His coat is just, it's just something else. The coat? You're back on the coat? I'm looking through pictures of the movie. Oh, yeah. There's lots of him in his coat. Um, I had a SpongeBob moment in this movie. Like, it made me think of a SpongeBob episode. I wonder if he had the same thing. It's when he's playing along to the jazz record, and he stops playing, and the jazz record keeps going. It made me think of Squidward's clarinet, where you're like, oh, Squidward's really good at clarinet, and then it stops like, oh, no, he's just... He's just listening to really good clarinet music and pretending to play. So okay. I did learn that uh, Gene Hackman learned to play the saxophone for this role. So isn't that fun? That is fun. It's such a jazz thing, you know? It's like I'm going to listen to records and play along with the records like I'm in the jazz club with the jazz people, you know? Yeah. Man, so at the end of the movie, right, They uh, Harrison Ford's character calls him. And it's like, hey, just want you to know, we've been listening, we're going to keep watching, you just stay out of it, all right? You stay on out of it, no, no, okay? So that's when he goes full crazy. He's like, all right, I got to find out how they tap my phone. He, like, rips his apartment apart, blah, blah, All I could think was, this man is not getting his deposit back. It's, you know, it's gone. There's no way. Oh, yeah. That's all I could think of. Yeah, that, that deposit is long gone. You're right, um... But, you know, you got to do what you got to do. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's like, screw the landlords, you know? It's like, they're, you know, um, everybody go out and rip up your apartment right now. Tear up all your floorboards. So, stick th- it to there them. Is some amb- there is some ambiguity to the ending. Um, and even Francis Ford Coppola said he wasn't, you know, he didn't, like, have a definitive ending in mind for it. So, here's my question to you. Where was the bug in his apartment? Because Bailey came up with a really good theory. and uh, But it isn't mentioned by Francis Ford Coppola. He mentions a couple options. So what would you say? Well, the, I mean, the only thing it doesn't show him, like, searching or tearing apart is his saxophone or his coat. Yeah, <gasps> <gasps> yeah those are good guesses. Uh, Francis Ford Coppola mentioned a couple things. He said, number one, could be a saxophone holder, similar to what you said, the saxophone. So it could have bugged that, right? The other thing you said was it could have all been in his mind. Like he wasn't actually, you know, the apartment was never actually bugged. It was just him freaking out. But Bailey's theory, which I think is the most accurate, would be the glasses are bugged. Mm-hmm. Because the groupie lady takes off his glasses before they have their little sexy time. And they, someone mentions the bugging, like, you know, one smaller to put on glasses. You know, they mentioned something like that in one of the conventions or something. And she takes off his glasses. 
And uh, they specifically mentioned like, oh, well, you know, we didn't know what clothes they'd be wearing, so we couldn't use a, you know, we couldn't bug their clothes or use a pen on their clothes or whatever because there's no way to know what they were going to wear that day. But it's like, hey, Gene Hackman always has to wear his glasses. So I thought that was a pretty smart one. That is smart. I like that. Um, I also, this movie? Oh, oh. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. So, yeah, but like my initial, like you were saying, my initial thing was like before it showed that the uh, director had been murdered, um, was like, oh, this is all in his head. Like he's going crazy. Like none mm-hmm. of this is really happening. And even until like, um, all the news reporters were asking her about the, the guy dying. I was like, oh yeah, no, this is just him going crazy. Like there was nothing, none of this really happened. The director definitely did die. Yeah, he's a dead man. So my question is like, so there's the two people in the conversation, right? They were obviously plotting something, and that's kind of the big twist is like, hey, they were just getting him to, you know, getting the guy to show up at the hotel room, and then that's where they ambushed him and set up the whole decoy thing. My question is, um, do you think Harrison Ford was involved? That's what I was about to ask you. Was, I, I would say yes, because like he was so anxious to get the tapes, and he was even like replaying sections, you know, where the director's like, Harrison Ford's like, oh, do you, to, do you want me to play that back for you again? He's like, I already got, you know, like just keep, you know, keep playing it, whatever. So, and Harrison Ford is the one who calls Gene Hackman to say, like, hey, we're listening, stay out of it, you know? So I would say Harrison Ford is involved. Yeah. He helped set up the decoy, you know, of like, hey, the misdirective show up at the hotel, and he would kill us to give us the, you know, if he was given the chance. Yeah. That's what I think. Yeah. That's, you know, I mean, yeah, you're probably right, because then, like, he would, he was still there at the end, right? Like, he would, if your boss dies, do you keep your job? That's the real question, you know? How's that work? I mean, if you helped get him killed, sure. Yeah. If you're a secretary or, like, an executive assistant and the executive dies, then you just take their place. That's simple. It's simple rule. business math. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought this, so. This is interesting. I learned. Um, so this is uh, from American Zoetrope is the studio, which is a studio that George Lucas and Francis Ford Coppola started. So they were like, Hollywood sucks, right? We should do indie movies. We should like start a new Hollywood in San Francisco, and that's what Zoetrope Studio was. So until Star Wars, all George Lucas's movies. We're under Zoetrope, and then most of Francis Ford Coppola's movies have been under Zoetrope. Sofia Coppola does Zoetrope movies. So I thought that was interesting, because um, my understanding was, at least when I learned about this in high school, I was like, oh yeah, they you know, they tried to start this movement. It didn't really go anywhere. But it's like, no, the studio's still around today, and they have won several Academy Awards because they produced movies like The Godfather and The Conversation and um, Lost in Translation, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of those movies. Did you, I thought that was interesting. Not to derail your train of thought or anything. Did you hear that no. pop just now? No, I think that was, uh, I don't know, your brain, maybe? Cody, I'll tell you right now, that was my wrist. I did this move, I grabbed it, and I bent it back a little oh. bit. And it yeah. popped like a gunshot, all right? And it, it, I just need you to know it felt very nice. So sad I missed it. I wanted to be my, a part of that with you. My wrist feels amazing right now. I feel like I could do anything. 
I could go like this. I can go like this. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, both ways. Exactly. Wow. Maybe like a little bit like that, or like that. Whoa. All the, all the ways. I can't even do that. Tyler, you're a new man. You're reborn today. Exactly. I mean, that's, you know, is a special. Uh, oh, yeah. One thing interesting about this, so, you know, Gene Hackman, like, as he goes and keeps listening to the conversation and covering more pieces of it, he's like, oh, this is what she meant by that. And, like, do you hear how she said, oh, my God? And, oh, can you believe she said, you know, like, it keeps on covering all these different things. And I found out the actors gave different readings of the lines in the conversation. So throughout the movie, they play different. So it's not the same readings of the same lines. Yeah, they change like you, them a little bit throughout. You can hear some of the tones change. Like I did like how um, they changed. Uh, so when he, like the first few times he listens to the guy say like he'd kill us if he had the chance, it's very much like he he'd kill us if he gets the chance. You know, like like if we give him the opportunity, he will kill us. And then at the end, after yeah. it's revealed, like oh they killed him, he's like. Well, he'd kill us if he got the chance. You know, it's just like yeah. a little bit of a tone yeah. change where it's like, we're going to kill him, but he would do the same if he was yeah. in our position. Mm-hmm. You know? And I was like, oh, Definitely. yeah. Oh, it's all it's, coming uh, together. All the threads, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, so, towards the end of the movie, there's like a blue Mercedes, like an you know, like, like a limo, blue Mercedes limo. It's yeah. one of the cars at the end. Um, Francis Ford Coppola won it on a bet from the film studio because they're like, Godfather was like a nightmare script that everyone was like, you know, this can't get made. It's not going to do well. They got it really cheap. Francis Ford Coppola did it. And because it was so successful, uh, he won a bet with the studio. So they gave him the car. So that's how he got the car. They put it in the movie. Isn't that fun? And what's interesting is they kind of have a reference to uh, the number two guy, number two surveillance guy in the country. He talks about how uh, he spent months investigating a political candidate, and uh, I'm not gonna say who it was, but you know, he had, my guy won, right? <laughs> this came out <laughs> right around the time of the Watergate scandal. Oh. What's crazy about it? That's part of the reason why it had such an impact at the time. This movie was written in the late '60s, like well before any of that happened. So Francis Ford Coppola wrote it, couldn't get the script funded until he became the director of The Godfather, and then they're like, "Oh yeah, definitely, you can make this movie." Um, so kind of crazy that he wrote this thing that applies very specifically. It's about surveillance, even references something like Watergate happening, but they filmed it. They wrote it and filmed it before Watergate, like even broke all the major details of it. So kind of a eerie coincidence. Perhaps my favorite fun fact about this movie, the original cut was four and a half hours long. More than twice the length of the movie as it stands today. <laughs> and they cut yeah. out all, there were all these plot lines of like one of his neighbors that he helps and another person he gets involved with, like, and they just cut all of those out. I'm like, which I think is the right move because for me, I don't think, I think this movie went any longer and it would lose its power, you know, because the first half's a little slow and then the second half, once you kind of get in on the conspiracy, it gets more interesting. But yeah, that were, so there's a whole two and a half hours of footage left behind at the cutting room floor. Imagine all the all the additional acting Gene Hackman did as this dude, you know? It's crazy. I mean, and it's just lost to the ages. Can be truly a tragedy. Can you imagine a four and a half hour cut of this dude? Wild. It's what we need, Cody. Friends, it's what we uh, need, you know? Oh, yeah. 
Gene Hackman said this is his favorite role he's acted in. Francis Ford Coppola has said this is his favorite movie that he's directed. Oh. So over The Godfather and Apocalypse Now and all those but, other ones. But Cody, what's his favorite this movie one. that he's ever watched? Could it be Eight and a Half? Maybe. Almost definitely. Seems uh, accurate. I... I gotta tell you, when they were like walking around and like there's the weird like the conversation all warbled and then it slowly comes in and it's just them talking and like all the weird cuts between all the different vantage points and everything. I had a moment where I went, Oh my gosh, this is gonna be two hours of these people walking slowly around this freaking park and like the conversation cutting in and out. I'm like, this is gonna be dinner with Andre all over again. But it wasn't, and I was I was very pleasantly surprised because yeah. that was like yeah. I had a full, you know, what five ten minutes where I was like, oh my gosh, you've done it to me again, Cody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is when Bailey walked in and out of. Um, <laughs> well, she came in for some of the more interesting parts and then left for some of the other parts. I uh, yeah, when the movie first started, it was not unlike Eight and a Half. I had like an audio panic where I was like, oh gosh, my speakers something something's messed up about my speakers, my receiver or something because of the warbly sound. I was like, oh gosh, what did I do this? Like, what, what did I bump or what did I disconnect? I was like, oh no, it's supposed to happen. It's normal. Everything's fine. Cool. I had my 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 speakers just recently did a weird thing, and I was I I was just like, oh, it's just because it's like an old trailer from like the 50s or something like an old like cartoon and i was like oh it's just like a weird robotic voice but then the next trailer it also did a weird high-pitched robotic voice and i was like oh no it wasn't for this movie it's for earlier when we were just watching the watching tv full panic cody i was like no <laughs> i just turned it off back on and everything was fine Oh, I think I think we all know what's happening, and it, it is that your speaker is becoming artificially intelligent. This is the beginning of Skynet, and uh, your speaker is the next Terminator. And it I might think be. You need to take it out now. I need you to throw it in a pool of magma, and let's just get this over with. You know what I'm saying? It is very smart. It is, Cody. Here's the thing: I've never used this feature, but I bought this one particularly because it has this feature. It is a Samsung. Uh, sound bar is the base and then there's satellite speakers right I got a Samsung phone which means I can go up and tap the top of it with my phone and my phone will automatically connect to it Ooh, but you have to that's nice. tap the phone against the thing so it's gotta be like tap okay and then it's like yep we're connected now wow yeah I've never used it not once not a single time so your time. phone can murder you also Exactly. They can communicate. They can talk. They can plot against me in unison. Of all the ways to die, that's be one of the better ones, you know? To be murdered by your own cell phone? I would take it. Yeah. You know, uh, Tiffany and I watched G-Force recently, and that's, that's how a lot of people went out in that movie, you know? So it's like... <laughs> the hamsters? You, yeah. Would you rather get murdered one. by your cell phone or your coffee maker? That's the real Wait, question. Are they they're guinea pigs? They're guinea pigs, Cody. How dare you? My first grade teacher had guinea pigs, <gasps> and let me tell you, I got a story for you. She had guinea pigs. The guinea pigs had babies, and they're like, "Hey, if anyone in the class wants a guinea pig, ask your parents." And, you know, 
You can take a guinea pig home if you would like one, okay? I was like, mom, please, yes, I would love to have a guinea pig. Can we have one? She was like, I'm so sorry. I'm allergic to guinea pigs. That's okay. You know what? That's that's the way the cookie crumbles. Fast forward 17 years, my mom, not allergic to anything. <laughs> she, looked, she looked at my six-year-old face, and she lied to me. Never say anything after that again. So... In case you're wondering, my parents are liars, and if you're listening to this, I have not forgotten, all right? <laughs> I have not forgotten. I will not forget. So did you never have pets growing up because your mom was fake allergic to, to everything? No. We had a cat, and we had dogs. All the, we had all the dogs. We had hermit crabs, and we had fish at one point. All right, so here's the thing. You had cats, dogs, and hermit crabs. Yeah. So I got to I gotta throw this one on six-year-old Cody, all right? Six-year-old Cody <laughs> should have been sussing this part. He, he should have been like, he should have been able to Look, do the critical thinking necessary. Rodents are different than cats and dogs, all right? You know what I'm saying? Those are different allergies. Here's the thing. What Tim I should have done had been like, let's have a naked mole rat then. No hair. We're good to Tiff- go. Okay, there are naked guinea pigs. Tiffany showed me them. Like, yeah, but these were not naked guinea pigs. What, I'm going to go take a little razor and shave it once a week? Do That's it. adorable. I would love to do it, but I don't think that might be animal abuse, is it? I don't know. Here's the thing about Peter, the if you're pig, listening, right? tweet us at Opinion Havers. Okay, yeah. Cody, let me ask you this. Are you, are, how, how do you feel about the naked cat, you know, the hairless cats? You know what? The, the tan-colored one, super gross. The black colored one, adorable, precious. You're a monster, Cody. You're, as I told Tiffany, you're a bad person. I'm sorry, but that, there's no other way around it. All right, if you like them and you think they're cute, you are inherently a worse person than if you admit that they're monsters. No. All right. No, no, I am. I'm open to animals, and you are closed off. You know what? You're the bad person. Okay, let me put it this way. As a man who is destined to be bald, I cannot discriminate against these bald animals. But Cody, the bald animal is just... is It's the creep in the trench coat of the animal kingdom, all right? That's what it is. It's like, I don't see any... I can't see anything under your trench coat. So what? But I see bear calves. (laughs) So I know you're not wearing pants. <laughs> so at best you're wearing shorts. At worst you're, you're saying, wearing nothing. You're saying you're gonna get a naked cat and you're gonna look up and it's gonna be on the second floor of your house and it's gonna have a little a little gun shaped microphone surveilling you. Yes. Listening to your conversations. Yeah. Alright. You know. Look, I uh I hear what you're saying. Yeah. But I'm still better than you. I mean, that's just what a naked cat lover would say. You also, I mean, you're the one that believed your mom was allergic to guinea pigs, so, you know. That's true. You know what's fun about guinea pigs? Is that there are indigenous guinea pigs in South America, like in Peru, and the word for them is cuy, C-U-Y, which is just a fun word in Spanish, cuy, and they eat them. They're way bigger, and they just eat them, so it's like a dish. Yeah. Okay. So if you're in Peru, there's a couple dishes you'll eat, Papa la Huancaina, that's one. It's great. It's a baked potato with like a garlic cream sauce. The other one is cooey. Just a big old guinea pig you munch on. Nom, nom, Here's nom. the thing. 
one of the guinea pigs in G-Force, Cody, has a a Hispanic accent, all right? Her name is Juarez. Oh, no. oh, racist. And she speaks That's with an accent. Name. That's a city. Oh. Right? And yeah. uh, at the end, they're doing this whole thing where they think they're genetically modified or genetically designed or whatever, you know? And he's like, no, you're just regular guinea pigs. He's like, Juarez? We found you in a in a, like a food market in Peru. Oh. I was like, oh my nope. gosh! Yeah. They explained why she has an accent, and I hate it. I hate that they didn't just say, "Yeah, no." Here's the thing about this: this movie is like Cody. It's like like the conversation it has a lot to do with surveillance. All right, because mm. <laughs> they're spies. The guinea pigs in G Force. Okay. It's from the same guy that did Sky We're High. talking, so hold on. We're talking about Francis Ford Coppola's classic Oscar-winning film, The Conversation, and we're comparing it to... G-Force. G-Force, the guinea pig spy animated movie. Yes. All right, carry on. Just wanted to clarify. This movie, I'm going to say right now, is by the same people that did Sky High, and I think the entire classic. movie is based on the girl that can turn into a guinea pig in that movie. And they're like, but what could a guinea pig even do? And then the movie spawned from that. And the movie is very much like they went, they pitched the movie to Disney. The Disney executive did his line of cocaine and said, <laughs> you're on, make it. He, and did, then they were he like, did his line of cocaine, he pet his little guinea pig, and he's like, you're a genius, yes, go. Exactly. And then they panicked, and they're like, "We don't." The, know what the to guinea do pig now. did his little mini line of cocaine too. There's a little, there's a big line for the guy, and there's a little mini line for the guinea pig. Does he have a little mini mirror table that he can do it off of? Oh too? yeah, he's got a yeah. little teeny tiny credit card. <laughs> All right, we're remaking Scarface. It's gonna be an animated guinea pig voiced by Al Pacino. We did it. We just. This is it's get all the Scarface all the Scarface fans will be happy. This is a perfect reboot because all the Scarface fans they'll be happy. They're gonna love the reboot. All the kids they're gonna be introduced to the world of Scarface. We've nailed it. This is the perfect movie crossover. I mean, I'd give it a billion dollars personally. Me too. Funding, you know. Me too. I'm gonna be honest with you, Tyler. Yeah, I'm about out of things to say about the conversation. Yeah, it's just it's one of those movies where it's it's a movie. Oh, and it's good when you think about it that way. It changes yeah. the whole <laughs> right whole thing. Really oh, opens it up for you, doesn't it? It is. Yeah. It is a film. Uh, it's shot on film. Right. Yes. And there are people acting like I, people that I don't will exist. say. Watching him do the gear, you know, working with all his gear when he's editing, it made me happy. It did make me kind of happy, like because I've got a turntable, I've got a couple preamps, and I, and there's knobs, and you can change the settings and the decibels and the you know the hertz and all of it, and it made me think of that. I'm like, I'm a little yeah. I would show them to you, but they're all hooked up. But I got them, and they're precious, and I love them. So it did make me happy, as a man with a little bit of gear. I respect for the gear. Yeah. I thought it was cool so, when he was putting together like the final tape because he had the three individual microphones and he had to like 
turn one down, like rewind it, turn that one that all got all garbled down, and find the one that had the best. Try to clean mm-hmm. it up and then pull that out, pull the like, so that when you hand it off, it's just this clean recording. And it's like, I don't. Know, it's one of those movies where it's like it's a. You never really think about it, but there is a whole private sector industry around this. And it's something you just never think about being something... You always think about, like, CIA agents doing it or something. Never, like... Not that most people that do surveillance are just, like... Yeah, I'm just a dude that knows that like knows how to use all this audio equipment. Recording some mid-level manager that's probably cheating on his wife, you know? Right. No, it, like is, the, it is interesting when a movie kind of takes that that approach where it's like, hey, there's this whole world we didn't even think about, you know? Yeah. That's kind of like, if you see the movie Coda on Apple TV, it's nominated for Best Picture. I really enjoyed it, but it's about, um, Coda stands for Children of Deaf Adults. So it's like, oh, right. You know, there aren't that many movies about people that are hard of, you know, are non-hearing or speak sign language. Um, so it was interesting to be like, oh, right. Whole new perspective. Think seeing the world through the eyes of these people, you know, kind of cool. This movie didn't win any Oscars, but it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Screenplay, and Best Sound. Obviously, how did it not win Best Sound? You know what I'm saying? My my question is, uh, what other movies were going this year? That's why I was about to ask you. You're on. I'm gonna the look page. it up right now. I see you looking pop at out. it. I'm opening it up. So I hate when I pull it up and it's like, here's all the special achievement ones. I'm like, get out of here. You don't even care. Oh, you don't even need all. There's those so things. many. Okay, well, here's one. It lost, if I'm looking at the right one, I think it lost, no, Adapted Screenplay was Godfather Part Two. This didn't come out the same time as Godfather. This is so hard. The Oscars, let's, here's the thing, Cody. Let's just, let's just stop. What if we just didn't do the Oscars anymore? Um, but then what would I have to complain about? Here's the thing. If Dune doesn't win this year, we got to burn it down. That's true. Because we can't have Tenet get snubbed last year and then Dune get snubbed this year. All right? We can't have it happen twice. We got to draw a line in the sand, Cody. I don't know if I'm strong enough to do it. Cody, if Dune doesn't win, I will invade a third world country myself, all right? I feel like that's an appropriate response. I respect it, and I think you should do it. I'll be here supporting you from afar, not involving myself, but definitely keeping you in my heart. Will you secretly give me uh, funding through clandestine I definitely won't. I definitely won't, but... You know, I'll be here thinking and, you know, oh, so you'll, wishing so you'll, you well. You'll publicly, on all the social medias and everything, you'll you'll send me positive vibes. And vibes, known, thoughts, prayers, it's all heading your way. Make known yeah. that you're in support of me invading. You know what? I'm up, I'm invading Switzerland. So that you is are great. on notice, Switzerland. Switzerland, although, you know. Third world means they're not part of like the what you know what is that? It's like there was the U.S. and the Soviets, or the West and the Soviets, and if you weren't part of those, you were mm-hmm. third world. Switzerland, they're neutral. What do they got going on there? What are they up to? 
So they'd be third world. They, so I stand by it. They figured out they figured out a, a way to get cheese that uh, has holes in it. What are they That's what they've been working on. They've been kind of riding that high for a while. You know. Okay. What? So I think I found the right year of Oscar. Okay. I think. Except I now I'm questioning myself yet anymore? again. Because um, you know, Cody, just to, before you go into this, you know the whole thing is like we're invading Switzerland, but you know what the what the final goal is. Then I'm going to take over Switzerland. That's going to upset some people that I have a long-standing feud with. And that's going to pull opinion mm. havers as an entity into a war. With France, Cody. With France. Oh, yeah, there it is. There it is. Because I'm going to take over I've... Switzerland. I'm going to start talking about how I got better cheese. I got better wine. I got better chocolate. I'm going to really put France on blast. Wow. I mean, I'm a little nervous. I'm nervous, but this, you know what? I'll be here. My vibes, my thoughts, my prayer, they're all with you. Yeah. And I'll say, Cody, he's right behind me. He supports me. He's sending me arms, ammunition, money, backing, you know. Yep, definitely. That'll really get him. No one's going to care about me invading Switzerland right now. There's bigger fish to fry. Plus, it's Switzerland. That's I feel true. like I could walk in there and be like, I've taken you over. And they'll be like, cool. I'm like, yeah, whatever. This is hard. This is the hardest thing I've ever done is trying to find what your Oscars this movie counts as because um, none of it's working for me. Cody, I gotta be honest with you. I, I have I've exhausted my my stuff I could talk about evading Switzerland. Uh, you know. Here's what I'd like to do instead. Um, I would like you. I don't. I don't believe that this movie was ever involved in the Oscars because I've gone through the year before this movie came out. The year it came out and the year after it on the Oscars official page, and I can't find it. So, yeah. It's not a real movie. <laughs> I'm not convinced the movie we saw even exists. And uh, that's all you need to know. Look, Tyler. It says nominated for three Oscars. You don't know that. You got nominated for Best Picture. All right. Here's what I'm going to tell you. You want to know what it lost to for Best Picture. I found right? it. Okay. I found it. So it lost best screenplay to Chinatown. Um, the same year, The Godfather Part Two came out. So it's it's screwed there. There's nothing yeah. going to happen, all right? It, yeah, so it lost best picture to Godfather Part Two. Either way, the Chinatown also came out that year, so it was not going to win that one. And uh, what was the other one? Was it director? Uh, best sound. Directing. I look. You're looking at that, director, and I'm telling you, it's not. It's the best. That sound. award doesn't exist. I hear what you're saying about the. Oh, I found it. It was listed as audio on some other page, and I'm like, well, that's not a category. It's Earthquake. Uh, the movie Earthquake won Best Sound that year. So you know what are you gonna do? Nothing. Also, Young Frankenstein was nominated for Best Sound. So mm, so good. Wow. So good movie. Can you believe Francis Coppola had The Godfather Part Two, and conversation in one year how does that even how does that work this movie was four and a half hours long how did he even have time to work on the godfather part two 
which is really two movies in one movie. What is Francis Ford Coppola? What are you even doing? You know, who who is this man? He's just trying to get well, away from his crazy nephew. That's what he's doing. That's true. That's why he's working so uh, much. Tyler, the last thing I wanted to talk about, it's my favorite thing to talk about now that we've been doing this. What grade would you give this movie? B plus. That's what I was going to say. <gasps> Tyler, I feel I feel so close to you. After the Batman episode, I was like, we're so far. We're so d- I don't even know who this man is. And now that we agree on the grade for the conversation, I just, I feel like we've renewed our vows. We've reconsummated this relationship and um, we're, we're together again, you know? Yeah. I know exactly I fu- what you mean. I'm, I'm taking it back. I'm going to fully support you invading this third world country. Yeah. Of Switzerland. Full support. Just to be clear. We're, it's I've got $200 in my pocket. Burn. I'll give that to you. Buy yourself yes. a, you know? Some, uh, I don't know, what, what can you, some combat boots and uh, a ski mask. I don't know, whatever you need. Yeah. I got See? you. Yeah. Well, B plus is all around. I want to say thanks for listening. You can rate, or, rate us, share us, wherever you find podcasts. You can yell at us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook, at Opinion Havers. Check out the memes. And until next time, watch movies. And have opinions. Now, Cody, what you've done is you forgot about the device. Ah, uh, do it. Divine mm. the film. What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? What's up, Doc? Tyler, this is a great day for all of us. You're going to be delighted to watch this film. It is, oh, uh, I can't spoil it. I can't. You're Tyler, take my, reach your hand out. Touch me. It's a great day. It was the best day. Okay. I'm scared.